Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, J.D. Evans. J.D., how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Oh, excellent. Excellent. I Like I said before we got recording, I haven't talked to anybody in writing in two weeks. My <laughs> two best friends and my wife are tired of it, so it'll be nice to get to talk to somebody who actually knows what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll actually start with that first one right there. What has your writing journey been like up until this point? I think it probably sounds a lot like most writers, you know. I started when I was a kid um, because I liked to read. And Mm. um, I wrote the same things that I read. um, And I got into fantasy as a preteen teenager. Things like Tamara Pierce and Dragonlance and, you know. Kind of the classics and um and uh I don't know a couple years ago I had just had my first kid and I was at home with him and I just really wanted something to do besides just be a mom you know and um so I started working on a project I've been working on for a while which ended up being Rain and Ruin and I uh, which is my first book and um my sister had actually self-published a few years before me. She wrote middle grade um, fantasy. And uh, so she'd been like preaching the self-publishing route forever. And I still wasn't really on board with it yet. And (laughs) then I just knew I was like, you know what, even if I can query this and get an agent and, you know, it's going to take years (laughs) before I ever thing published and so I was just basically impatient and so I started the process of publishing it and at the time I was really um which was when I started so like 2018-ish um I was like really into the groups where they push the kind of fast publication schedule and so in my head I was gonna like speed publish this epic fantasy series (laughs) and I got through the first three books and completely burned out because you know they're big chonky books (laughs) and you can't really write at the same speed as as some other genres you know where you're a slightly smaller book maybe a little less world building and you know so but yeah that's how I got where I am now so, so funny that you mentioned that because I, I have a friend who was doing, trying to do the same thing for Epic Fantasy. He got through his first chonker. I told him, I was like, I, I think you could kill someone with this book. <laughs> he was, I was like, afterwards, I asked him, I was like, are you going to wrap and release book two? He goes, I need like a year off. <laughs> and that, yeah. I, I just thought it was funny. And yeah, it's, and we were just talking about that with another author the other day of like, you know, trying to decide, like I actually kind of paused my fantasy series because it seemed like my urban fantasy, I had just figured out a lot of world building problems. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I just kind of feel like, you know, because you're in the real world, you know, most of the time I'm like, there were certain things I had to learn because he's like an ex-Marine and stuff, but yeah. it was just kind of a lot easier, you know, to just kind of go. So faster to write, yeah, it's just, you know, no yeah. offense you know, to anybody, but I think certain genres are faster to write. I just think that epic fantasy in particular, it's like, you know, especially with expectations today, I definitely think not to discourage anybody, but you know, I have a friend who he's just so good at that and his world building is really good. And I've spoken to several female authors recently where they just write very quickly for epic yeah. fantasy. I think I'm a lot slower in fantasy than, than other genres in terms of writing. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. 
I think it, it also can really depend on if you're somebody that's very good at um, plotting. Yeah. And yep. Plot really heavily and then just sit down for those five, yeah. 10,000 word days. If you are more of a pantser, which is what I am. And <laughs> a lot of my friends that write the epic fantasy sort of intuit this story that takes a lot longer yeah, uh, yeah. not because it's better just because it's more disorganized you know yeah. so no totally yeah yeah <laughs> why well, to like think i told my best friend this the other day he's like how because we just saw him for our, like um you know our gender reveal party so we were discussing this and he was like really interested he's like so when are you gonna i'm like i don't know i'm like I was like, I just think I need to get better at plotting because <laughs> I like got done with this first draft and then I got halfway through the second one. I was like, I still don't like this, you know? And I think it just really, I agree with it. I think it comes down to plotting. And I think it is a, I think if you're not really organized with it at the start, I do think it's like a skill you have to develop over time. But I also find it kind of hard because it's like, as a, as a natural discovery writer, I think it's harder to plot and, but I want to. You know, and I know like Rob J. Hayes talks about that a lot on their podcast for his Wizards, Warriors and Words, how, you know, he's gotten a lot better at plotting and I'm trying, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, um, I think I've gotten better at it just out of necessity, because mm -hmm. as you move into a big series, you start to lose track of threads yeah. and you can't really, you know, you can, I got through books one through three without a ton of plotting. Mm but I have three more to go. And yeah, if, yeah. you know, if I don't start tracking some stuff and <laughs> I think too, just trying to like strengthen my craft and make sure that I'm hitting necessary things and I've gotten better at it, but it is still very much a hybrid system. It's very loose. It's not, you know, some people, they plot, they've yeah, got yeah, yeah. color coded stickies. They've yeah. got, you know, and um, mine's more like just sort of a running beat sheet. So, and I think, I think that's fine. You know, you, as you go through writing, you find that happy medium that works yeah. for you. And I think most writers continue to change as yeah. they go. find new systems, find new methods, try different things. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's just a really great tip is like, you know, we've said that a lot on here is like, you know, if you are using something and it's, it's working, like, you know, keep using it but at the same time, I think, we all worry, right. That we're not going to find the next new thing that helps right. us even further. The magic. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, I re-listened to the Will White, like cradle series uh, to get caught back up to sky sworn. And I, I was just teasing my buddy about this. Cause he just got done with uh, dread God, like book 11 or whatever. And he was like, don't you just wish as a writer, you could like take an elixir and just be better organized, like be a plotter. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, I so, wish that I could do that particularly with plotting because <laughs> it's just I would tell fun. my soul to be organized yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. just that's to my, yeah that's really fun that'd make a great story like somebody selling their soul to be a better plotter <laughs> like a writer awesome. <laughs> there you go our crowd that'll be the first uh story idea that comes from this podcast that's there awesome. you go all right well we'll get to that second one there what okay. are sorry what are your mages of the wheel books about and how did you come up with this idea so they're an epic fantasy and they're set in an ottoman inspired setting oh that's um, awesome yeah so i take history so that's like i like that time period in particular i love ancient history it's i've always loved it about the time you hit the middle ages i lose interest yeah <laughs> yeah yeah 
I love it all. Um, yeah, so I was in the army, the U.S. Oh, army, cool. almost 10 years. And oh, wow. um, I spent a lot of time in the Middle East. Um, and part of that was a year-long trip where I was in Jordan, um, Qatar, and um, Lebanon. And I was at the embassy in Lebanon. Oh, cool. And speaking of ancient history, Lebanon is... The Levant is just this incredible place that's been through all the empires. Yeah. It's been all the things. There's there's one spot there that is um it's been the only place in the world that's been continuously occupied for something like ten thousand years. Yeah. Like it's insane, right? And um and it's beautiful and it's a Mediterranean country. I know if I say Lebanon, most people think Beirut and in the U S that conjures a really specific image, yeah, but, yeah. but there's a lot more as with most places to it than that. Um, and I just really fell in love with the area and the people there. They're very warm, very kind, just fun people. And, um, because I like ancient history, I I just wanted to write a fantasy that was in a different setting than yeah. maybe Europe, partly out of laziness. I <laughs> didn't, you know, if I was going to research something, I wanted to be interested in it. And I just have yeah. never interested in medieval Europe, just not very much it's at all. It's been done so much. <laughs> it's yeah. Been overdone. It's been overdone so much. Sorry, everybody. Not that yeah, I have. Worried, but... You know, and you also have to be careful. I mean, that's not my culture. The, yeah. yeah. The, um so I did depart away from like the religious backgrounds and things that I just don't personally have the depth of mm. but the you know like the clothing and the food and the environment and some of the things that were happening in the Ottoman Empire around about the time of Suleiman like mm. uh just that was the inspiration so the it is a romance series and it um each book focuses on a different set of two people, but they feed into this overarching plot of essentially saving their homeland and magic and kind of rebalancing their religion is based on a wheel. Oh, and, and the wheel, uh, the spokes represent the different like elements of magic. And oh, that's cool. There's a theme of like balance in the books. And yeah. So that's kind of, that's where it came from. <laughs> oh, that's really neat. I like that. I always like the wheel, like the wheel of time. Like I just like that concept and I'm trying to, I'm like totally blanking right now. Cause we just looked it up in my summer school class, which um, if it's like Zoroastrianism, I forget which one, but I know we just studied a major religion and I was like sitting there talking with the kids and I was like, Oh, a wheel. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, this is where Robert Jordan got this idea from. And yeah, I was exactly. so much more interested then. I was like, oh, that's really cool. But yeah, that's super cool. Well, I didn't know that. I, I, I just think it's interesting with the time period that you picked because um, I just feel like, yeah, like I, I used to write a lot of like medieval Europe stuff. And I was like, this just isn't my thing. And I think it's because I like you, like I the Muslim caliphates to me are very interesting and you know, the Mongols and things. And I actually really, after this summer, I'm like, I really got into Mongols. <laughs> I like really, really want to do like a Mongol fantasy. Now. I think that would just be like 
so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Different time periods now, particularly with fantasy. Like I just got done with HM Long's Hall of Smoke and I just loved what she did. Like she took like a Viking like culture, I would say, but like completely changed it. It was just, it was so unique and it was so fresh. I, it was just really cool. So I, the, when you say that, that to me was really interesting. And I was going through, you know, your blurbs. Um, I love your covers, by the way. They just, they're some of my favorites that I've seen. Um, and I've talked to several people, several authors and some readers on Twitter too, that are just like, oh, these books uh, and especially the covers that just like draw you in. Uh, so I always look at cover blurb and then reviews. Um, but I was very pleasantly surprised, you know, reading your reviews. I was like, oh, this is like definitely like, I just thought I was just talking to my wife about your books in particular, because how you have done. And I talk about this a lot, like in terms of like, you know, coming up with your brand. I just felt like you did a really good job coming up with your brand. And I like it because it's like your, especially with your covers and your branding, like it seems like it's just very unique. It's fresh. Um, I just really got into um, I think I bought the first three, um, but I just got really into, you know, just reading uh, the reviews in particular about your world, you know, and your characters. And it just really seemed like, you know, it's particularly what readers really wanted um, within the genre. And it just seemed really, it just seemed really well done. And I was telling my wife, I was like, this is how I want to, to do things <laughs> like this is, you know, and I was like having random covers and things and, or, you know, not good, blurbs, you know, it's just. Yeah, so blurbs are, oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, finding the balance between getting a cover that's um, to market yeah. and that the exact same as every other cover is very difficult. Yeah, and yeah. At the time when I picked those covers, well, the artist is Tatiana Anor. Oh, and wow. um, she's just incredibly talented, but yeah. um, obviously. Um, so I, so in fantasy romance, there was a very specific kind of cover. It was a yeah. couple. Um, and one of the issues I was running into is that fantasy romance has a lot of YA in it. And it's, there's not a ton of line between a fantasy romance that's YA or generally considered maybe clean, you know, it's mm. going to have closed door scenes and yeah less violence and profanity and an adult or a new adult um but the covers there's like no difference to indicate what people are getting into and you know people do not like to be with sex scenes yeah yeah huh. <laughs> i don't surprise anybody that way that's not yeah. the plot twist i'm going for yeah. so so I looked at covers and they were generally kind of dark and they had the couple and I knew I wanted like that classic illustrated fantasy look that gets very expensive very fast. Mm. Um, and I just had this idea that it would be really cool and it'd stand out if my covers were black and white or really low saturation co yeah. color. And I just did like a search on Pinterest to get inspiration i just put in black and white covers and what popped up was a lot of tanya's um like fan art mm. and i chatted with her about it and she she is my brand <laughs> <basically>. <laughs> yeah so 
there you go. There's a story that you didn't ask for. Of my Actually, I was, I was going to ask you later anyway. It's part of what yeah. put my part two of one of the questions for later. But yeah, I just, I was just like, dang. Well, I just was curious. I guess we can get to it now. Like, I just was curious, like, you know, in terms of like, because I always find this interesting because you did this. Oh my gosh. And I'm totally blanking on um, uh, Sandra uh, L. Rosarella. Uh, she did this too with her Cecilia covers where they matched and she did like a black, I think it's a, sorry, a black and red, a black and blue and a black and white, I believe. Uh, and they just look so good sitting, you know, side by side. So I was curious yeah. if she kind of had that idea, you know, right off the bat, like for your covers, did you have that idea that you were going to, you know, want them to match or did that come later? So yeah, I definitely wanted, I knew a couple of things I wanted. I wanted, them to look nice standing next to each other oh, and yeah. um the colors are representative of the houses of magic so oh, like cool. um, i mean you've got them but if you look at well, the i have them on kindle and now i really want them in print yeah. <laughs> um and then the graphics it's not going to show really great but like they each cover has a different color oh, on the, in the um art design so that actually is a combination and then the back here um we'll oh, have the that's awesome i didn't even know that they had that because of the kindle that's awesome <laughs> i know most of them get read on ku they're really pretty books so i'm biased but anyway um i actually had so tatiana did the art and then um a gentleman named eric c wilder did the layout mm. and the design and he came up with i kind of told him that i wanted the runes and like the oh, wheel and he did the rest of it and so and he just knows what he's doing yeah. <laughs> you know, he designed the spines and everything and um so yeah i can't really take credit for that but i have seen just some stunning sets of books where like there's an illustration across the spine yeah. color splash i mean people are poof they're doing awesome stuff yeah yeah well um my, like my friend mark timoney like he just redid his book one and then his novella and like got a new logo did the same thing he's like well when people and i thought it was a gorgeous book he had like felix ortiz do the cover but he had a couple oh. people, I, I can't remember if it was felix or who did his logo or if it was like shanti king um totally blanking now but i mean it looked it, like it looks really good um, so I grabbed the yeah. novella. He did like a Kickstarter and I was just like, and that's another thing that I think is interesting with yours. Like, I just think I've seen people do, you know, like, um, oh, um, why am I blanking out everybody's name today? <laughs> um, what of oh, Ben Galley, Ben Galley did like the unwritten. So he, I don't know if you've seen, but oh my gosh, talk about a beautiful book. I, yeah, or just I put yeah, another one on Twitter yesterday or something. Yeah. Yep. I think I'm going to yeah. have to, well, he said it at the end, he was going to do, he was thinking about doing like the trilogy set. And I was like, well, I already oh, missed no. one. Cause I had, I leave so much room in my budget um, for, you know, like for my own stuff, but like for, yeah. you know, like people like you, if you're on Kickstarter or something, or if I just, you know, really want the physical copies, but particularly with Kickstarter, because sure. a lot of people I knew were doing it. So I'm like, of course he came up last minute and I was like, I'd already spent all my Kickstarter money on my friends and stuff. But he was saying when I had him on at end of season one, that he was thinking about doing like a trilogy set and then like the whole set. And I was like, I would yeah. have to get the whole set. Cause yeah, those are cool. But yeah, people are doing some, some really cool things, but 
Yeah, yours look really great. So now I'm going to have to go and uh, do the. <laughs> I try not to because like, we're running out of room. There's some you just have to have. My, my wife says it to me all the time. She's like, oh, I know what I said. But she's like, this book just like, like we saw one the other day and it just looks so beautiful. She's like, I, we just have to get this and I'm getting new shelves and stuff. So I was like, well, some can go above the shelf, you know, and kind of look good and <laughs> kind of sit like getting those little wire, you know, wire library shelf kind of thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, I, she was like, I was like redoing all of my statistics. Cause at first I was like, Oh, I'm just going to Photoshop. Then I saw yours. I was like, Nope, we're going back to Illustrated. <laughs> kind of looking at me like, what? I was like, these look so good though. So tough. Yeah. It, and you know, um, like now, uh, if I were doing my covers now, just fantasy romance has gone in the direction of discrete covers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The vines and the yep, yep. symbols and so I might not even do the same thing if I was yeah. doing it now. Um, it's it's so tough. <laughs> it's yeah. so hard to follow the trends and yeah, it's make- hard because you're so far out. You know, like that's like I had a friend ask me about because I have these novellas that I'm doing, which are like three parts. We're gonna put them together if people want. You know, like a bigger one because uh, we're only doing the audible as like the the the, the three mm-hmm. novellas set. Um, and then I'm doing book one, but like we were talking about the other day and we saw some people that we really liked, you know, and I'm like, but at the same time, it's like that style, you know, six months from now could be totally different. And it's hard because, you know, you got to do it, you know, relatively yeah. you know, far out, obviously. Yeah. So it's, I've talked to people about that all the time and I don't think we talk about that enough on here. So, you know, like, yeah, so we talked about like maybe getting somebody in January, like talking about them with them like what we're going to do and help them by January but then you know not have anything done you know till like end of February I feel like it's really hard now like we were talking about before we got recording you know like with matching things up it's like you know and a lot of people are working multiple jobs you know as well as you know being an author or an editor or you know cover artist so it's just like things are crazy but yeah well, those look great. I'm really jealous. <laughs> and that leads me actually to the third question, which I'm really interested about, particularly after reading your reviews. Uh, how do you go about your world building process? Um, well, yeah, so. Like, do you start with the world and something like, I know I liked, I like particularly art and I like certain characters and then I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I kind of start to put them in a country and I kind of world built that way, like different countries, particularly early on. So I was just curious, like, I know some people start with character, some people start with story and then kind of fill in the world. So other people start with the world first. So I was kind of just curious at like where you start in particular. Yeah. So typically I'm going to see something in a book I read or mm. a show I watch or just, a, it'll be a scenario. Like it might be, a question or it might be the premise of a show or it might be a particular character with a particular trait and it'll just kind of spark something and then I do tend to immediately go romantic in my plots because it's just it's what I enjoy reading and mm-hmm. I like so then typically there'll be a second character and um and the world building it's hard because, um, you know, this is one series that I've done and it's a long one. It's a six book series. So I haven't done it 
done world building multiple times to be yeah, able to yeah. aim that I have a system, you know. Um, I pulled a lot of influences into my world building from things like Western astrology mm. and um, sure, a little bit of like the Avatar The Last Airbender stuff, which you can't avoid if you write <laughs> if, if you write a um, a uh, sorry, words just like fall out of my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the if, elemental stuff. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Elemental yeah. magic system, you're going to get compared to Avatar because people think that they were the first ones that did it. But, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. So I, uh, I, I took all those influences and I thought about things like, okay, how how does geography affect people? You know, like you, I, mm. I particularly world build through the language that I use. So like, um, and it's a pet peeve of mine in other people's writing. <laughs> if, if you are in a Mediterranean country and you use euphemisms, probably they need to refer to things that would actually be oh, in like yeah. any country, you know, yeah, it's yeah. little simple things like that. Um, or like if my religion is based on this wheel, I'm probably not going to say, oh, God, because I don't have gods or, you know, like in my magic, the magic, the element doesn't just it isn't just their magic. It affects their entire personality, like how they go about in the world. So basically, I just ask myself questions it, like if this is your background, if you grew up with this, where would you and you take into account um human nature uh unfortunately we have some things that we tend to do we tend to discriminate we tend to you know try to be better than other people by making traits of different types of people less or more you know what yeah. i mean like, in things like that and and it's just a it's kind of a constant stream of asking yourself questions if i <laughs> if i went in whatever I write next, I definitely will be more organized about it. Like most of <laughs> just in my head for these books. Like, so I would definitely write it down. <laughs> the, the good old encyclopedia. Yeah, exactly. The book Bible that like more organized people have, you know, yeah. oh, I, I tried doing that before I wrote my fantasy series. And I was like, this was, I like got three months in and I was like, this is so stupid. I was like, I might as well just, you know, have it started. And then anytime I add something, then go add it. I was, like, I was getting no writing done. <laughs> I, the problem I'm running now into now is like, have I used this name before mm. oh. for these side characters? Because I never write them down. And so, you know. <laughs> I never thought of that. That's actually a really good idea. I never thought of, of doing that. I should probably do that. <laughs> yeah. Because you, especially if you're writing a bigger, longer series. Yeah. Or of side character names real real quick yeah, yeah and you're like oh this sounds good but you it probably sounds good because you used it before yeah exactly this point. one doesn't seem like i use it then you use it for three different people yeah. so yeah that's a good point but, that actually threw me out of a book the other day i was right i was like going along and then i think i'm in like book five of this series yeah book five book five or six and the author did that without i think without intending to and i was like oh so and so just showed up now and then I was like, I had to like ask my friend who had read the series. He goes, nah, they just used the same name twice, <laughs> like book two and book six. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I was like, it totally threw me off, but I could see where, yeah, I never thought of that before. That's a really good gem 
out of today. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Back through and read all this stuff so that I know which names I've used. You know, <laughs> other people get bad real fast. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, I think that's yeah. I just I like how you said how I like how you stated that though. Like in terms of you know like asking yourself questions and you know putting yourself in that scenario. That seems like a very easy thing that everybody would do, but as somebody that's world built as world building their fourth different world, fifth, I don't know. Like, I don't know why I didn't consider doing that. That seems like a very, it seems like a very simple thing to do, but until well, somebody else says it, I don't do it. So that's stated really well. It all works differently. Some people will fill out a whole questionnaire and character profile, like, and part of mine comes from, um, so one of the things that I did in the army was uh, I was in special operations mm. and I did civil affairs, which is, mm. um, you know, uh, it's like counterinsurgency. So oh, cool. you, you like stabilization kind of operations, right? So things like building up schools and making sure villages have wells and stuff like that. And one of the things you have to think about when you do things like that is what are called second and third order effects. And mm. so I build this well and what is the next ring out that's going to happen? And what is the next ring out from that that's going to happen? Or if I take this thing away, or if I give this resource to this place, what are the, what's that ripple effect that happens? Is it positive? Is it negative? Does it give them something else to fight over? Does it unfairly weight the balance in favor of, um, you know, people that are problematic? Like, so those sorts of questions are things that I learned to ask in my job yeah, yeah. and then that's the same kind of thing you want to ask in your world building if i have this religion and that these people prescribe to this particular kind of thought pattern what does that mean in their interactions or in their speech or in the way that they um you know interact with their world and their yeah. name that kind of stuff and that's what gives you i think uh it's an important part and i think a more mature part of world building is that you're not just thinking in that first ring of effect yeah. you're thinking and you can see it in things like game of thrones and cradle and um sanderson and you know the big names do that kind of stuff yeah. it's the first level world building it's like several deep yeah oh, that's a really good way to put it i think that's why i always like the forgotten realms books and dragonlance so much was that like you know it was like a core group of people took the rules and the maps and then you know, obviously they did that, you know, really in depth and added to it. And I think that's what makes those, you know, worlds and Star Wars, you know, like I know George Lucas up until a certain point, I think it was up until like attack after, like it was up until attack of the clones uh, episode two, he would anything that passed his desk, everything had to pass him and he would read everything, sign off. There was a Yoda card back in the early nineties with a bunch of little Yodas, like worshiping like a bigger Yoda statue. And it's yeah. very famous because they Hasbro published it without his approval. And he said, I never said anything about multiple, you know, of his race. And then yeah. Yaddle came out like two weeks later in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, but it's it's interesting. You know, I, I think you make a good point when you're doing it that way. Brian Stavely talks about how he added ice to, you know, one of his, you know, areas that's like a Mediterranean, you know, spot. And he's like, well, how on earth, you know, did where's that there. Yeah, yeah and that like led to all these other questions and he ended up yeah. working with like a a lumbering crew and i was like that just is so interesting like 
you know, in a fantasy setting, you know, to think about. And those are the kind of the things I find most interesting about fantasy. And that's why I like to read fantasy and sci-fi more than, you know. And I think that's true of people that really like an epic read. Yeah, yes. Feeling of wonder and that discovery. And the, the depth of a culture that they're learning about, you know, yeah. and um, so and I actually one of the examples that I use that I love is in video gaming and it's um, Bioware effect mm. in Dragon Age. The oh, yeah. yeah. And those games are really deep. And yeah, incredible. yeah. And um, and it's one of the reasons people love them so much. Mm-hmm. There's just so much there, you know. Yeah. So I think that it's true of of reading as well. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, not everybody loves a big, deep, gritty epic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Some people like a quick little adventure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That I think that's the hard thing now is like you know you're either like we were just talking to another friend of mine about this who like he's trying to do the same thing with you know, with like, I, I mean, I, I like the Iron Drew Chronicles, you know, by Kevin Hearn. Kevin's a good guy. I met him a few times and um, talked to him a lot online. And, you know, like, I love those urban fantasies, the Patricia Briggs, you know, they're written really well, but it's like, you can just feel, even though they're not the thickest books, it's like, particularly with Patricia, I feel like there's just so much there that anytime, like the new one's coming out actually like this week. And my friend and I are so excited because, you know, we'll just fly through them, but we go yeah, back yeah. and reread them and, you know, and it's, it's fun for us, you know, to go back and, you yeah. know, to see the, the second or third or fourth ring, as you said, you know, and, you know, her Alpha and Omega series, the last one was like one of the best books I've ever read in my life. <laughs> Can't wait to actually go back and reread that one. Yeah, you can feel, so- even if the author's not necessarily saying it all right there, yep. you can feel that there's like depth to yeah. what's happening. I love that as well. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like it's like you know it's like swimming in a a, a you know like a an adult pool versus a kiddie pool. You yeah. know, I I just think yeah, I think if it's not your thing. That's one thing, but if it is your thing, you know, it's like yeah, that's definitely yeah. my kind of thing. Recognizing why a reader is picking up a book, not necessarily judging sure. one, knowing that yeah. if I'm a fantasy reader, I'm an epic fantasy reader because I like this depth, yep. right? But if I'm a YA fantasy reader or an urban fantasy reader, I like a faster pace. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm probably not going to enjoy a big, chonky epic as much as I will something with the pacing that I prefer, you know? And yeah. I think it's just a matter of what am I writing? Who am I marketing that to, you know? Oh, yeah. And make, it's just like tropes, right? Mm. You, yeah. you gotta understand what your readers want in their tropes. <laughs> and yeah. And especially in um, in the romance genre, you have to yeah. be a master. <laughs> so, yeah. I had Heather Smith on last year for a two-part episode. We talked a lot about that for February, she wrote. And it was like, and then I, I hadn't really considered it, you know. And then, like, the more I talked to, you know, uh, you know, authors of your genre. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, I was like, well, this makes total sense, though, you know. Because even if you're doing fantasy or sci-fi, you know, now I feel like, feel like in particular when you're doing romance with those two like you definitely have to have them down because i feel like you're not just you know you're not just doing one thing you know you're doing two so i feel like you got to be really really precise you know uh you know in your audience and the tropes so yeah i that just opened up a whole new world of thinking about you know tropes in particular for me i just 
hadn't really realized some of the things I was reading, you know, why I'd like those things, you know, or those people or those characters. So yeah, I think in other genres outside of romance tropes are sometimes trope is used in a negative kind of connotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you're reading romance, you're typically reading it because of the familiarity of it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so tropes are like guideposts, they're comfort mechanisms. Yeah. Like I know I'm in the mood for a, you know, whatever, a biker romance, or I want the morally gray hero, or I, you know, those are signposts for yeah. you to kind of familiar experience that you want. Whereas if you're not reading romance, maybe you're more wanting to read to be surprised or to yeah. have something subverted or whatever it is, you know, um, I've seen, I've said this in a, somewhere else but um one of the things i've seen is that a lot of people that read romance i've i've seen this a few times um they actually read it because they have anxiety or they have mm. some kind of trauma or they have some kind of ptsd and the familiarity and the comfort of knowing that at the end no matter what these characters go through there's going to be like a happy ending yeah yeah it makes them feel safe, you know, to read this and it's not going to stress them out and, you know, they can kind of dip their toe in the waters and, and be all right. You know, it's yeah. like the water things. <laughs> and so um, I think just keeping those things in mind, whoever your audience is, yeah. just know, know. I think that is the hard thing just in general with any book, right. Is or series, you know, is that like you, you know, we talk about this a lot. I hear this on a lot of podcasts, you know, like trying to stick with the familiarity, you know, like the Dresden files, you know, like I feel like a lot of people get turned off by them early because, you know, the, I would say like the first five books, six books are, you know, they're written with the same mechanisms. Yeah. You know, and really not to book seven or eight to see diverge, you know, and it starts to almost become an epic fantasy, you know, an epic urban fantasy rather than just a, your, your, you know, your typical and, that's like Kevin Hearn. Like I like those books because he, you know, you were able to find the familiarity and Patricia Briggs too, you know, with both of them, like you're able to find the familiarity, but they give you a new story. And I like it because they do twists and turns and all sorts of things. And you're, you're always, you're never sure what to expect. Like with Patricia, Patricia Briggs, a new book, I, with her Mercy Thompson series, I have no idea what's going to happen next, even after reading, you know, it's all just... the other books in the blurb. But I just think, I, I look at the romance genre in particular and I'm, I find the formula so interesting. And I also find that so many romance authors that I know do so well in romance, particularly when they find their audience. And mm -hmm. to me, I'm like, well, how can you replicate that? You know, because mm -hmm. the other day I was like, oh, I got done with this book. And I was like, I want another book like this. Yeah. Well, I have all these books on my shelf, you know, all these fantasy books, but I don't know whose book is like that. Right. And I'm like, exactly. I talk to authors all the time. So if I don't know, yeah. like, how on earth do the readers know or how does yeah. me as a reader know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just, there's some sort of, that's why my friend is like, well, there's like a disconnect there that we got to get figured out. I'm like, I agree. And I think if you can figure out that disconnect better, you know, I think that everybody will, you know, sell more books. And I like, like when I buy a book, I like buy one. I like one. I got done with, um, you know, HM Longs yesterday. And I was like, okay. So I had to go immediately to, you know, to somebody else's book. Uh, Cause I can't ever like go, you know, back to back in a series. I like to have a little bit, sure. and otherwise I get burnt out. That's what I do with the Dresden files. I just went seven books and I got burnt out. It took me like two years to return. But yeah, yeah, I think it's, it'll be interesting to see if people can, you know, I just, I think a lot of people don't look at the romance genre from, 
fantasy or sci-fi, I don't think a lot of people look at it. I think they look at it as it's, oh, it's separate, which it is like we were talking about. But I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of cross-pollination for readers that doesn't happen. And I think that's why in particular, like, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about um, a Star Wars type, you know, world building where it's a, you know, fantasy that looks like a sci-fi, you know, because yeah. you're kind of dipping in both pools. I said, it's the same thing when you're talking about, I think when you're talking about romance, you know, fantasy or, you know, sci-fi and I, I ruined some people's day, some misogynistic guys. Cause I'm like, what? I was like, Indiana Jones. I was like, give me anything. They're like, Indiana Jones. I was like, Indiana Jones is a romance next. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was, so I, I was like, star Wars next. Like, you know, and I was like, yeah. how, I was like, how can you take a good story and take the romance out of it? I said, it's not going to be as good of a story after that. So I was like a lot of things that, you know, the Witcher, you know, is another one, you know, with Yennefer and stuff. And all other tension. Yeah. yeah. I'm like Game of Thrones. There you go. That's a romance. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, no, <laughs> but, but, but um, yeah, that, that will they, won't they? And what yep. if will it have on the story if they yeah. do or you know that stuff you know it creates if two people bang in the story and they need each other to finish some quest and then they hate each other because they banged or whatever you know that's tension that yeah um that improves the story and drags you along but anyway don't don't get me started defending romance it'll take up the rest of the podcast <laughs> i'm doing a panel <laughs> later on this winter um uh, with, with this, just romance authors uh, nice. who particularly are the fantasy and sci-fi genre so i'll invite you to that one and we'll we'll go off all day uh, but yeah i just i just think it's interesting because as an author i'm like i will never not learn from somebody you know from a genre i'm like especially one that's been so popular as romance and so you know i'm like i saw a couple of numbers from some people and i was like holy moly and i'm like fine i was like I was like, these other guys in particular can not learn from, you know, you authors. And I was like, I'll just learn. And I was like, we'll just all have fun over here together with people reading our books. And Yeah, you know what? <laughs> joke. joke is that, oh, you don't like my romance because it's not good writing. Well, I'll just go cry into my piles of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I'm like, well, that's like, okay, just real fast. Because that drives me nuts. Because like my mom has probably read every Daniel Steele book mm-hmm. ever, you know, and she really likes Daniel Steele, you know, and I'm like, she just got like whatever the newest one was. And she, I was like, how was it? You know, cause I've grown up. I mean, she like got me into reading um, and, you know, I've seen her read them for my entire life, you know? And I'm like, the fact that you're still reading those after 34 years, you know, is a really big deal to me as an author. I'm like, I want to do that. I'm like, how do I do that? You know? And I, I think if you discount people that have read that many books, you know, from one author in 30 year time I'm like I don't know how you I don't know how you discount that as not good writing whether or not it's whatever genre it's just it's, yeah it's like people that don't like Lewis Lamore I'm like okay you don't like him because he's a, a western author but you know you gotta admit he sold a lot of books and a yeah, lot of you know, what's funny him. is that uh I so I learned to read late I learned in second grade and um but then I just took off right I was a complete um, reading fiend. Sorry, my my kids. <laughs> walking. Um, and uh, my dad was a big Louis L'Amour guy. And that's mm. those are the books that 
I read for like the first adult books I read were Lulu. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'll see them on, you know, like we'll go randomly to like a hotel or something. I'll see them there. And I'm like, my wife's like, do you read that one? Do you read that one? Cause I used to read with my grandfather back in the day. He's a big Western guy. And my right. dad did too. So yeah, like other kids, you know, got read, you know, good night moon. I was reading, uh, getting read Lulu. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or <Exactly>. lonesome dove <laughs> one yeah. of those it's yep all that kind of stuff yep oh that's funny well are there any tools or well you kind of already talked about like your strategies like in terms of world building but in terms of your magic system it just sounds really interesting so were there any particular tools or strategies that you use to create that magic system i love um, the feel concept i know <laughs> that's fine too <laughs> So I knew that I wanted an elemental magic system and I knew that I wanted a series and I got the idea that I wanted each book to be a particular one of these elements. Right. Oh, that's cool. So typically in Western, um, in, in Western, like Greek myth, there's the four elements, you know them all. Right. And I just kind of wanted to mix it up a little bit. I'm not the first person that did this. I'm not going to pretend, but <laughs> I had in creation and destruction because I knew I liked the idea of balance. Hmm. And, um, I grew up with a hippie for a mom and <laughs> she was really into Western astrology. And so I grew up reading all these astrology books and um there's a lot of really interesting concepts and what oh, i yeah. did go with um the chinese elements because uh they do wood and metal and it just didn't it didn't spark uh exactly what i wanted with yeah. the thing so um i went with western and in western astrology you know each sign has its own element and well not its own element but they're grouped by elements okay. and they are also it really governs your personality yeah. and there there's things about um fixed or mutable and and the stubbornness of people and how flexible they are mm -hmm. and whether people interact well if their elements are in opposition like i took oh, all that stuff yeah and i put it into my magic system. And so I have this wheel and people are opposite on the wheel or they're in harmony on the wheel, which means they're next oh, to each cool. other. And um, I used that to define like how their magic interacted, how they interacted, um, what their personalities were like. Like Naomi, the main female character in my first book, Rain and Ruin, is an air mage and she's very intellectual and she's very closed off emotionally and she's very stoic and um but you have other characters like water mages are very emotional and kind of more sensual and i mean they're all different people but those things are involved in how they relate to the world mm. um, and so i don't know that I have a system or tools that I use, but it's just the same thing for world building. I ask myself questions like if this, then that, or if this, but, or what if, you know, and you have yeah. to take it to its logical conclusion. And then some of that stuff, because I am a pantser, I have to answer questions when I write myself into corners, you know? Oh yeah. And I know so, that feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have to, you have to kind of 
And I like that. I like working within the rules I created. But yeah, sometimes it does cause some tears and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> like, whose idea was this? This was a terrible idea. Why did I come up with this? Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, that sounds very interesting. I'm thinking particularly within the romance genre, like what you got there seems like I'm just seeing like conflict resolution. Like it just yeah. seems like you have natural... <laughs> You know, you got a lot naturally there within the magic system in the world, you know, where it's like already built in. So, yeah, I'm exactly. like, dang it, that's a really good idea. <laughs> Why can't I be that smart? Like, I have <laughs> not done that. <laughs> that's really cool. Well, I just I think it's interesting, you know, when you're talking about like, you know, Western astrology and things, you know, I've really like certain things, you know, particularly what's well, funny that you mentioned, you know, like Chinese astrology, but like. Um, I looked at a lot of that too, you know, and then I went more with a philosophy turn, I guess. Uh, but I'm still playing with some things, but yeah, it's, they got a lot of interesting, um, which I thought would be interesting character concepts or interesting world building, yeah. um, you know, and I don't think that you could ever look at any of those and not be like, oh, that's like a perfect, you know, map for, you know, you could just change a couple things into those settings. I mean, I think that that is like a genius way to go about it, but it's a lot easier to to kind of go from there, I think, than to go from scratch. Uh, yeah. Um, and I just, I, I don't know. It's people say going from scratch, but you're never really going from scratch. No, you're it's going totally true. Yeah. From wherever you were raised and yep. whatever cultural things are and whatever you've been exposed to. And it yep. may seem like you're from scratch, but like, I'm a big fan of not reinventing the wheel. And I don't mean that in the copying or plagiarizing way. I just mean like there's all this stuff out there um, and they're really great stepping off points for your own ideas, you know? Yeah, yeah. By the way, that should totally be your autobiography, not reinventing the wheel. And then you can like have <laughs> your wheel on the cover. Like yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm really interested with this question now, what we okay. talked in terms of like, you know, your characters and things like that. So when it comes to your characters, what do you find is most important when making them feel real? I feel like a lot of people I saw your reviews, like, you know, that seemed to, maybe if they didn't necessarily say it, like they clearly, like the the character, your characters clearly felt real to them. So I was just curious on like how you went about that. Cause sometimes, you know, certain characters appear flat or all oh, this would I would never meet this person but it seemed like from your you know a lot of your reviews like a lot of people were very emotional so clearly you made your characters feel real to them so I was just curious about that um so you know I'm <clears throat> I'm a mom and I was in the army and I'm 40 <laughs> you know <laughs> and um so I have moved past a little bit the age where, and now don't get me wrong, I read all the stuff, the chosen one and the oh, yeah. superpower stuff, and I loved it and I ate it up. And honestly, I wish I still loved it and ate yeah. it up. But you get to an age where you realize how very human and very flawed you are, you know? And everybody is human and flawed. Even the people that you're like, man, I would pay to spend a day in that person's shoes. You yeah. know what? Some shit. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And I wanted to read um, about people that 
yeah, they're extraordinary. They're mages. They have super cool magic. But like at the same time, you know, Naomi is uh, she's written by somebody that was in the army and experienced a great deal of misogyny. Right. So I wanted to reflect my experience in being a woman in a male career. And I wanted to create for her somebody that did not need to dominate, but who could recognize that she was the appropriate person for the job. What just happened? Oh, we already talked about that. Just like kick. Really weird. Hmm. It's very interesting. Okay. That was really weird. I've never seen it do that before. It like froze me and I couldn't do anything. 
Yeah, that's. Uh, it like acted uh, like it was gonna kick me off, and then it didn't. It was really weird. All right, can you see me and hear me? Yep, 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 perfectly. Okay. okay. So it's not about necessarily all the things in the plot. It is, but what really matters is what's happening internally with the character. And to have that be, have tension or have um, people able to connect with the character, they have to have flaws. They can't yes. be perfect. And I mean, that's all that I did. It sounds really mm. simple, but then it, it isn't, you know, in practice. But, <laughs> That's right. And I don't it? mean like, oh, they have a limp or, oh, their hair is frizzy. You know, not like that kind of stuff. <laughs> they have to be like humans with issues. Like Naomi, my character is, she's intellectual and she's reserved. And she is trying to prove that she can do, you know, rule things. And so she takes everything and takes it on and doesn't talk about it and doesn't share it and doesn't, you know, until finally she breaks. And that's a pretty real, you know, scenario or yeah, like, yeah. um, I have in book three, my, my main female character had a really traumatic thing happen to her as a kid. And some people argue that it, that she held on to it too much, but I don't think so. You know, <laughs> you have to really commit, to this stuff <laughs> but i i just i think it's that i if you're writing people humans and you're writing an epic fantasy you have so much playground to write people that are not perfect and yeah, yeah. since nobody else no real people are perfect they will connect with that you know yeah, totally yeah so. it's funny that you mentioned that you know in terms of people holding on to things for too long i've heard somebody say that the other day about a friend of mine and i was like well, I was like, well, how can you say that? Because you didn't have that traumatic event happen to you or that event. Ha I was like, everybody deals with it in different ways. Exactly. It's different. So, yeah, yeah that, I think that makes total sense. Yeah. What is one writing tool that you or strategy that you would want to use maybe try in the future? Like maybe with a different series or, you know, it could be anything really. Um. Yeah, I... <clears throat> You know, I wrote this series very much. There's there is actually a line between what authors like me call fantasy romance and romantic fantasy. Oh, interesting. And um, mine definitely fall into fantasy romance. Each book has a standalone romance with an overarching plot. That's very common in paranormal romance and mm. contemporary romance, where you have like a small town series and it's the same town but different couples and. Mm. So mine are written like that, but I would probably like to do something more that's probably a bit more leaning in the epic direction or romantic mm. fantasy where I have maybe two or three books at most. I'm never doing a six book series again. <laughs> um, that's the same couple if I choose to put romance into it through the mm. series because there are, I love big epic world changing stories. That's what yeah. I like to read. And it is, I discovered what I like to write, you know? <laughs> um, Cause when I've written a couple of the quieter stories in this series, they've been harder for me. Yeah. Um, Rain and Rune was easier for me because it's the big like kingdoms converging and you know, that kind of thing. And I like that. So mm. probably I'd, I'd go more romantic fantasy or even just mm. epic fantasy with a side plot kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. That's very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, for that last one, do you have any news, updates, promos, anything like that that you'd like to share with us? 
Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I've got a lot of people that are waiting on my book four. I have written <laughs> four books, but one is a prequel and I am working on book four, which is Ice and Ivy. I am trying so hard <laughs> to get it out by the end of the year. But um, is this your first kid that you're about to your wife? Yeah, to which is why I'm like doing all of season two before yeah, no, it's great. I did not plan <laughs> that uh, way for for kid for book two for kid two, and um, so I'm now on. I'm going to say a two year hiatus, mm. and I um, I would really like to be done with that. But small kids are hard; they're just hard. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I like pre planning. You know, Good my friend's like, <laughs> yeah, like, he's job. like. He's like, you're going to have all these done by January. I was like, three prequel novellas and then my first book from Urban Fantasy. I was like, yep. I was like, uh -huh. we don't have a choice. <laughs> I was like, I can yeah. pick that date. So we can't pick when they come. So yeah. Yes, exactly. And you're just so fried. And that sleep deprivation, that is brutal. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's that's why the military does it, right? Like to train you because it is brutal. And I feel well, like- Well, they my... do, but it's just not the same. Yeah. It isn't the same. They have like- codes of decency and ethics <laughs> you know like medical kids things done. Yeah. kids don't care <laughs> that's yeah. what i said to my friend he's like why are you doing this right now i said i'm gonna be busy for the next 18 years so i was like we went, <laughs> yeah. we went everywhere we did everything this summer you know that we could and you know and i'm like i was like we just we just figured you know you might as well do it now because you're probably not gonna have time later so it's good thinking yeah you yeah. gotta <laughs> yeah i i should have known better when <laughs> Cause I started when I started writing the series when my oldest was, um, he just, just about hit two. Mm. And that's about when I started to feel like myself again. <laughs> and, um, so I should have known <laughs> that it would take that long, but I was completely delusional about what, when I was going to pop back on the riding horse, you know? So it's been uh, that plus, covid and yeah, just all yeah. of the stuff you know so whatever anyway i'm working on book four i don't have any good dates or any fun <laughs> <laughs> that's fine when you do come back and we'll we'll get it out to everybody you know yes. at a time and yeah you know, get it out there so but that's that's it's, it's cool though because i know a lot of people have said to me recently like well i just at least want a trilogy to read and i'm like okay i'm like well that's a lot better than being like oh the whole series has to be done i'm like i don't know I'm like, I don't do that. I read what I like and then I'll, you know, come back to it. I'm like, I, or I'll go, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm like, I, I don't I'm ever wait. Till I'm <laughs> yeah. I get waiting because I also like to binge a shorter mm. series, okay, yeah, but yeah. I get it, but I do. I just kind of read whatever I'm in the mood for. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I used to do that though. Like I used to like wait and then I used to read a lot of R.A. Salvatore and then I'd like, I'd get all Very the way done. Yeah. They get all the way done. Now I'm like, I just want to be done. Cause I know I'm just going to finish one right after another. So that is one series where I was like, I'll just wait till he's like done, done. And then yeah. go from there. <laughs> so I do. A, my friend, he's like, you're, you're such a, you know, you do understand that feeling. I'm like, I do, but I'm like for other things though, I'm like, I'm like, to be fair, he's on like his 70th book right now. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just want to remind our audience that um, Jen's books can be found in her description. So her website will be right at the top. Amazon will be right there. If you've been with us for a while, you know how it goes. We'll have good reads and her socials and things like that in there as well. Uh, just make sure, you know, we're really stressed in season two. Please make sure, you know, for any author, but particularly indie, that you were going and reviewing books. I know that's how 
Um, you know, I get a lot of recommendations, particularly on Goodreads, you know, when it pops up or Amazon in particular. So it helps the algorithm and helps those people out. So if you want to be like me and read their books and get more of them, you need to review the ones that they've already written. So please, please, please make sure you've done that. If you want to drop Jen a line, uh, you know, feel free. If you, you know, get scared of meeting celebrities, message <laughs> me and we will pass on, you know, any comments, questions or things like that for her. Uh, Jen, thank you so much for coming. I was just really excited to see your books online. And I was like, oh, man, those look really great. And I was looking, you know, and doing some research. And I was really glad to, you know, have you on today. I did not want to reschedule. So I was so happy that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for you. the opportunity. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate yeah. the chat. <laughs> yeah, anytime you want to, you know, come and chat about, you know, romance Absolutely. or fantasy or <laughs> a blend or you know, just, you know, get away from the family and talk about writing. You let me know and you know, we'll schedule a time. I know my wife is so excited that, uh, you know, kind of get this out of my system today, <laughs> especially, you know, nearing, nearing a completion of a novella. I'm just been, you know, excited. So yeah, anytime you want to come and chat, you just drop me a line and we'll get awesome. you on. And I'll make sure I'll have you, I have you down, um, on my list for, uh, for our romance, uh, panel. So, I will be sending out those dates. We'll be doing those before my baby's born. So November and December. So yeah, exactly. Definitely before December. Uh, so that way we can get you on and, you know, yeah, we'll have a nice talk then. And uh, I know you'll, you know, enjoy talking to some of the other people like Heather Smith. I think Susanna Evans said that she'd be on there. Uh, and then I got one more that will be joining us as well. So it'll be a, a good time. So I think it'll be really cool. Good yeah. One. Cool. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jen. I hope you guys have a great rest of the day and I will talk to you soon. You too. All right. Thanks. See you later. <laughs> Bye.